want to stay on the child of God. We want to best stay on the child of God. I think I said that the opposite way the song goes, but it's true either way you say it. We're children of God, and my word for the day that God put on my heart is trust God, period. Trust God, period. He put it on my heart this past week. On Wednesday night, and I told him what I'd be preaching about, and I said, This is for you. This word is for you for this week. Trust God, period. Everything He allows us to go through, He's got a plan, He's got a purpose. There's a lesson, there's something He's going to teach us, or He's going to speak to us through our situation, regardless of what we're going through, if we just trust Him. Amen. Trust Him. salvation. We have to trust him with our today. Not worry about yesterday. Not worry about tomorrow. He tells us in his word. Today. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. He'll provide everything we need when we trust him. He's going to get us through anything we're involved in. If it's not of him, if we're trusting him to bring us through, if, 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 if there's something comes upon us, it doesn't come upon us unless he allows it. He, he, he tests us as his children. And he, he corrects us as his children. But everything he does and everything, every fire he allows us to walk through, every storm that comes our way, he's aware of it. He's aware of it. He loves us just as much when we're in the peace and calmness of life as he does in the middle of the storm. But we have to trust him and we have to praise him in the middle of the storm. We have to trust him and praise him when we're walking through fire. And we have to keep trusting him and praising him when everything seems okay. Because I know it's a man that was born women, both, I'm not just, but I'm using me as an example, it's born rebellious. We were all born in rebellion against God since Adam rebelled in the garden. We were made in God's image, but Adam fell. Adam fell, broke that relationship. He rebelled against God, and since Adam, we've all been born rebellious and enemies with God. That's why God had a plan. And if we trust that he had that plan, that he sent Jesus to lay his life down, Jesus took upon himself all of our stories. My story, your story, everybody's story in, in, in our sin. Took our rebellion. Became sin. He who knew no sin, so that we could come back into that right relationship with God. And if we trust that He did that for us, we need to trust that He can get us through today. And in 
our way. Whether he he doesn't he doesn't tempt us, but he allows us to be tempted. He, he'll never tempt us. He'll test us because he allows things to come our way. The devil tempts us. Our flesh tempts us. God doesn't tempt us. God gives us an escape. He says in his word in, in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It's a verse that saved my life. It saved me, kept me from backsliding. It, it says, there is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful and will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able. But with that temptation will give you an escape. The verse, God used that verse and revealed that verse to me. And I've read it, I don't know how many times I think of that point. I, in my walk, I had read the New Testament maybe three or four times. My father was digging at me. It was before my father was saved. <laughs> before God allowed me to speak his truth into my father's life. But my father was digging at me, trying to get the old field to come back out. And I stood up and I said something that I shouldn't have said. I called him a donkey. I said, you know, sometimes you can be a real donkey. Except I didn't say it so politely. And he told me I could get the blank and blank blank out of his house. And I'm like going, you got to tell me twice. I walked to my bedroom. I had $1,500 in cash in my drawer. I was saving to pay my fines so I could get my license back. I grabbed the cash, grabbed my Bible, and I'm like, you got to tell me twice. I walked over, I kissed my mother, and I told her I love you. She was crying, and I walked out the house. I'm like, well, I, don't, I don't need this. I don't need, I, I can't deal with him, God. And I'm like, and then I got all this money in my pocket, and this thought starts going through my head. I ought to get me a girl. I ought to get me a hotel room, get me some cocaine, some alcohol. And before that thought finished going through my head, I just shouted. I said, I don't do that no more. And I sat down in somebody's yard. I don't have a clue whose yard it is to this day, but I opened my Bible. I said, God, you got to help me. And I opened my Bible, and it's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And as I walked away, I didn't turn back to the house. I said, I'm not going back. I'm, I kept walking and walking, and I kept opening the Bible, and I'm going, trying to memorize it. And I always I have a difficult time memorizing things, but when I need them, the Holy Spirit will give it to me now. But it's because I was digging. I was trusting God to get me through, trusting God to help me stand strong. And, and I'm like going, there is no temptation to open it back up. There is no temptation taken. There is no tem temptation taken. No, there's no... But by the time I walked about a half hour, I sat down on this bench and I opened the Bible and I read the verse one more time and I closed the Bible and I proclaimed it in my life. There is no temptation taken me. But such as is common to man. Every man, every woman, we're all tempted. But God is faithful to us when we trust Him will not allow us to be tempted above what we're able to handle, and he will give us an escape. And his escape is his word. It's, it, it's that relationship we have with him. If we take it to him, he'll get us through. If we put it in his hands, he's going to get us through anything that we could ever possibly go through. But we're rebels. We were born as rebels, 
But when we become born again, we're born to be holy, sanctified, set apart for his good use and for his good pleasure, not our own. We're not here to please ourselves, even though we, our flesh, we get caught up in our feelings. We're not called to get caught up in our feelings. There's nowhere in here where God says get caught up in your feelings and what you think. It's not about what we feel and what we think. It's about what God says. And in Psalm 118, verse 8, it says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And I know I've probably shared this before. I don't know if everybody's heard it. But there's 594 chapters in the Bible before Psalm 118. There's 594 chapters in the Bible after Psalm 118. If you add 594 and 594, it's 1188. Psalm 118, verse 8. It's God's perfect will for our life. It's, it's better to trust in me. This is what he spoke to me. It's better to trust in me, Phil, than yourself. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. We need to trust God, not ourselves. Trust God, not each other. If we're speaking outside of God's word in each other's life, or if it doesn't sound right, weigh it against God's word. And it will always turn out right. Because, you know, God is, what's the word, all-knowing. He knows everything. He knows everything. He knows what we're going to do. He knows that we're going to start listening over here sometimes. And he knows we're going to listen over here sometimes. But if we're not trusting him and weighing it against what's right in front of us, he, he, he gave us his word. He, he, Jesus is the word. It's the word become flesh. And he gave him for us. Jesus didn't live to please himself. Jesus didn't get caught up in what he thought. All he did was live to please the Father. And as born-again Christians, spirit-filled believers, we are called to trust God. Jesus trusted God with every step that he took. He trusted God. He came down from heaven. Entered a womb for nine months. The Savior of the world, born of a woman, the seed of God, but born of a woman, the only begotten Son. And the word begotten, that's why I like to, on, on, especially on, on John 3.16, I love the King James Version because it's the only begotten Son, because He is the only begotten Son. He says we have the rights to become sons of God. And daughters of God, we have that right, but we have to surrender. We have to walk obediently to him, and we become his children. Come to him through Jesus. But there's only one way, and we have to trust that God is telling us the truth. Because his word in, in Proverbs 30, verse 5, one of my favorite verses, I probably say it just about every time I speak. Every word of God is pure, and he is a shield to those who trust him. Trust God, period, with every every part of our life. But I'm going to let God speak, and then 
y'all can, if you like, and I'll give you all these verses after the service if you like, because I'm going to roll through them, but I'm going to be coming out of the Psalms, Proverbs, and Isaiah. But the main part of my teaching will be out of 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. And if y'all like, y'all can go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians, because I'm going to roll through these Psalms. But Psalm 32, verse 10. Psalm 32, verse 10. Bible says, Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Psalm 37, verses 3 through 5. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust in him also, and he shall bring it to pass. Trust in the Lord. He'll give us the desires of our heart. Because if we trust in him, our desires line up with his desires, which is to love people. To love him, love people. Then we can truly love ourselves. If we truly love God and we love people, then we get that love because we feel like we're connected We're connected through the Spirit with Him when we're walking pleasing to Him, when we're loving Him and loving each other. Because we're trusting Him to direct our steps instead of trusting ourselves. Because me and Joan were talking about being judgmental sometimes. And, you know, and God, I, and I've already asked Him forgiveness, and He's already forgiven me. I was having a conversation with somebody who ran into an old friend of mine and was going, you know, made him call me. So I'm talking to him, his brother in Christ, and I'm talking to him. It's, it's, it's funny, but it's not funny. But it's it's just our, our flesh, and it, it, it's a battle every day. We've got to trust God every day. And, and, and he's talking about my old friend. He's going, he's kind of a... So-and-so, and I'm like going, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm like going, I get off the phone, get off the phone with this guy, and I'm immediately convicted. I'm like, oh, God, why do I do that? Why did I do that? What I should have done, I should have said, have you prayed for him? Let's pray for him now. Instead of engaging and talking about, yeah, he is a little bit this, you know, instead of engaging in that useless babbling, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it does nobody, nobody any good if we're not speaking life into him. You know, we were speaking death into him, really, because we were keeping him in bondage of where he might be passed. He may be getting through or trying to get through, but he's never going to get through if, if we're speaking down on him. And, and, and I asked God to forgive me and to help me, and then I prayed for him. I don't know if he's saved or not, but it's a boy I grew up with, and we had love for each other. We were both lost, so it wasn't really a, it wasn't a godly love, but we were like brothers, you know. We were just really good friends, got into a lot of mess together, and, and I've been praying for him, but I get, and this guy calls me out of the blue, hadn't thought about him, and I've been praying for him ever since. 
because I'm praying that God has his hand on his life and that, that, that he's come to know my Savior as his Savior. And, but I don't know that. But how, how, can, how can I be trusting God if I'm speaking my mind? How can I change my mind? I've got to trust God and, and stay in his word keep praying to him and keep praising him and, and giving him all the glory. Psalm 118 verse 8 was, I've already said it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And that's what I was doing that day. I was putting confidence in myself is to speak on this fellow and, and, and I went in the wrong direction because as soon as the guy started speaking down I should have said, whoa, bro, we are not going to talk about nobody. We can pray for them, but we're not going to talk down on anybody. We're going to lift them up in prayer, put them in God's hands is what I should have done. That would have been trusting God. And, and, and I, I pray, and that's one thing y'all pray for me, that I stay focused, that I keep him on the forefront of my mind. How do we keep him on the forefront of our mind? We allow him to write his word on the tables of our heart by digging into his word, by praising him, by worshiping him and, and, and just putting it in his hands yes. and asking him for, and pastor said it all the time, we ought to ask him for that wisdom, ask him for more of his wisdom, more of his knowledge, and then he'll, by the power of his Holy Spirit, give us that discernment that will chop off those negative conversations because we're going to be accountable for every idle word. And I trust that we're going to account for every idle word. And and I'm the only thing I'm going to be able to say when I get in front of my Lord and that white throne judgment is I know I'm not worthy. I I am not worthy. Thank you. Thank you for your blood. We gotta plead the blood of God's hands and, and, and trust that God's plan is the right plan. In Psalm 125 verse 1 
sometimes it, it, we can't throw it all on people at one time. We, you know, you speak the truth, you tell them what you stand for. You'll see them again. And just pray that the Holy Spirit will give you the divine appointment, give you the words to speak. It's not always about, you know, what is it in Jude? Some people would have to have compassion. They basically got to love them. And, and some people, we got to reach down and snatch them out of the fire. We got to shake the foundation. Some people need to, that the Holy Spirit will give us discernment on how to speak to people. And, and He won't take someone, and He may. I don't know. I don't know God's plans. But most of the time, he, he takes personality. He wants to use you for who you are. He wants to use. Marie and Maria and Donovan, he wants to use y'all for who you are. He wants to use me for who I am. He knows my personality. He didn't change my personality when I was saved. He changed my thinking and my direction and my my commitment when he saved me. He, he, he didn't change my personality. I can still be kind of point blank and a little bit harsh sometimes. And, and I ask him to give me more compassion. And, and, but if I'm not speaking the truth, I'm not loving people. I'm not loving people. I'm not as gentle as some people. Y'all are more gentle than I am. And I'm, but I, I, God uses me in different ways. And, and it's because I'm trusting Him to get me through. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 8 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. In Proverbs 29, verse 25, the Bible says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. He's our protector when we trust him. He's our provider. He's our protector. He's our all in all. He's everything to us if we trust him. And then Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 through 4. The Bible says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. And you know, when it, when I read this verse, it, it made me think about Pastor Rasan. It made me think about my brother, man. Because that will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. He trusts God. That man is, is in just so much peace. Still teaching the Word of God, coming in here for Bible study and on Wednesdays and prayer and, and thinking about everybody else but himself. He's trusting God and he's doing what God's called him to do, which is impart God's word to rightly divide the word of truth into our lives and, and, and people at work and people that he's been going to, when he was going to chemo with, those people he was 
they, they could see his peace. And he was just, you could see the light of God in him, and that, and that peace that he had. It just, I praise God for him. I praise God for his son, and I thank God for his son, and I know that he brought me to New Life Kingdom Builders to walk with his son. Him being my pastor, and, and I thank him for it every day. Isaiah 50, verse 10. I hope y'all love the Word of God because I know it's a lot. But this is far from all the verses dealing with trusting God. It's just a few that God put on my heart that He spoke to me through. Who is among you that feareth the Lord? that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness, and hath no light. Let him trust in the name of the Lord, and stay upon his God. we got to stand with God, period. We've got to stand with him. Trust that he knows best. Trust that he has a plan, that he's sovereign, that he's in control. We have to just put it in his hands. And, and it doesn't matter whether it's our finances, our spiritual health, our physical health, whether it's our children, whether it's our jobs, whether it's whatever. It, 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 just everything. We just have to trust Him. have to trust Him that if I oversleep, I must have needed that rest. And I get upset and go, get, let it ruin your day. I know church I go to sometimes on Sunday. I was supposed to preach one morning and I slept. <laughs> and I get there and I'm like, I didn't have time to take a shower. I'm throwing water on my hair and my hair is sticking up just like straight up, man. It's like made me look like I was an inch or two taller, you know. It was like this. And I'm like going, and I get there, I got sleepies in my eyes. And I'm like, well, God, you got to do this. I can't, I trust you to use me put the word in my heart because normally if I'm teaching or preaching, I go through my outline numerous times the day that I'm speaking or like an hour before and and I didn't have a chance to go through anything. I'm like, oh God, and I like to read the scripture because I don't read that well and if, if I'm not familiar with it, I, I seem to stumble and, you know, I like to be, be prepared do my part so God can do his part but it's it's. I could have you know I will not you know I could have just told the pastor said look I'm not going to do this this morning I'm sorry but that wouldn't have been trusting God that would have been getting caught up in my feelings because <laughs> I overslept you know I was supposed to be there at like 9 and I get there and service starts at 10 I get there like 5 minutes till and I'm like you know trying to get the sleepies out of my eyes I'm like going God I can't you're going to have to do this I can't and I just and I went in and didn't receive the message well so yes God used me that morning but it was his word not me it's what he put in me what he spoke through me not anything to do with me because I'm not that smart I'm really not. But I do trust God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 
verse 17 through 21. The Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed us to the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He always, that always speaks to me. And, and God put on my heart to use the King James Version because in the Psalms, I just love the Psalms in the King James Version because it's like poetry to me. And um, which they're songs. So I guess it, you know. But. And then I read the whole word, and he wanted me to use this because it's, it speaks to being in him. We have to be in Christ. We have to be in Christ so he can be in us. Jesus Christ is the word of God. We have to be in him so he can be in us, so he can live through us. We've got to do like Paul said. You know, we got to lay our bodies down as a living sacrifice. It's not like in the Old Testament where they kill the sacrifice and then lay it on the altar. We've got to take our bodies, our live bodies, lay it across an altar as a living sacrifice to God so Christ can live through us. So His Holy Spirit can direct our steps if we trust Him. It says, you know, we trust in the Lord that He will direct our path. Bring it to pass. If if we're going the direction He's leading us, if we're trusting Him to lead us, we're going to get to where we need to be, regardless of what we see. Because all this we were talking about that earlier. This this is, doesn't matter. It, it, it's temporary. Everything going on down here is temporary. We're eternal beings. It's just a matter. Of where we will spend eternity. Are we going to spend eternity in heaven with God or in hell? And, and we've got to trust Him. But the thing He put on my heart when I read this passage of Scripture is verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ because we've become new, but we have become new creatures. We've become new creatures. And, and we become Christ's followers. We're ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech us, beseech you by us, used us to beg you. And now what beseech means, I believe, is to beg. You, God used us to beg you to be reconciled with God. The ambassador for Christ would represent his kingdom. I've talked on that before. But one thing he put on my heart is, is you know, seeing the direction the world is going and how a lot of people getting so far from Christ. There's a lot of people who don't even, never even heard of Jesus. 
right here in America, which blows my mind because when I was a kid, you know, I knew there was Jesus, but I didn't know him, know him. I didn't have that relationship, but I knew and I'd heard the name of Jesus. So when somebody approached me, I'm like going, let me give this Jesus thing a try, you know. But a lot of people don't even know, but a lot of people know who Donald Trump is and who Joe Biden is, and they've got a major opinion one way or another. But, and I've heard it, you know, in different churches where people are preaching one way. They want you, like, trying to influence the way you vote, trying to influence the way you choose to live. You know, it, the, the only thing we should be behind this pulpit is representing God's kingdom being the ambassadors for Christ, not for Joe Biden. Not, there's no man or no woman, no president, no governor going to save this country or save this world. No king on this earth. Only the king of kings and the Lord of lords can save anybody. And, you know, he, he, put, he put Pharaoh over England. I mean, over England. <laughs> over Egypt. <laughs> he put Pharaoh in charge of Egypt. They had they, they were holding his people in bondage, holding Israel in bondage. But God even said he put Pharaoh in that position for his glory. Amen. To show his glory so the whole world would know that he was the Lord. Yes. He chose and, and there's no man or woman who's in a position that God did not ordain. But we're not if we get up and we preach or we're Christians and we get involved in the political debate, that's of the devil, I believe, because it's, it, all it's doing is bringing people against each other. I've got brothers and sisters on both sides. I'm, I choose to be apolitical. I don't speak about politics with anybody. My mother likes to try and draw me in, and I walk out the room. I'm like going, Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is my king. I'm not worried about what goes on here. I do, and because God always provides. I trust him. He provides. I, I was talking to him yesterday morning. I'm like, oh, God, you know, over the past couple of years, it seems like, you know, the food prices, the gas prices, the price of everything is just going up, Lord. My sister moved in. Her kids come over on to eat all the time. I was like, praise God. I'm not going hungry. I'm not going hungry. The price, everything went up. I'm not making any more money. But God, you provide. You provide. My money's not lasting me as long, but it's right there coming back in as, as I need it. I'm not saving. I'm not investing in the stock market and, and trusting that this is going to set me up for life. <laughs> I'm already set up for life. When we trust God, we're already set up for life because there's no life outside of Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We have to trust that that's true. And if we know he's the way, he's going to provide the way. He's going to show us the way. He, if, we, if, if we know that he's the truth, why lie? I've, I've heard a pastor say it many times. Why lie when truth will do? You know, if, if we walk in the truth, 
We're going to be following him in the way. And we're going to have life because he is life. We're going to allow him to live through us and, and just trust him, totally trust him, because, you know, there's nowhere in the Bible where it commands us to protest. Nowhere that I can, if anybody shows me, I'm, I won't speak again, but there's nowhere where it tells us to protest or tells us to rebel. It tells us to be reconciled with God. We shouldn't be arguing and rebelling against our brothers and sisters because they got different opinions or they, you know, this, that, and the other. Jesus Christ accepted me right where I was. The Holy Spirit convicted me. I gave my life to Him, and He started healing me from the inside out, you know. And, and we're commanded to change people's hearts, not the laws of the land. If, if an ambassador from England came over here, he's not trying to change our laws. He's representing his country. We're pilgrims in this world passing through. We should be representing the kingdom of God and, and loving people. Loving people enough to speak the truth when asked, you know, people, because people will see and pe people know who we are. I went, I went and looked at a job, and it's... it's uh, um, Family, I believe that they're Buddhist, they're, um, they're Oriental, but I go into this house and I always wear a shirt that's got a cross on it or it says something and I happen to have one shirt that says, y'all need Jesus. And I'm like, I'm, I walk up in there because I'm like, these people, I, I do that on purpose because I want people to know who I am when I walk through that door, who I, re who I represent. And I know for a fact that if they tell me to get out of their house because of my beliefs, I'm going to thank them for having me look at the job, and I'm going to shake the dust off, and I'm going to walk right out of their house because I know my God's got another job already lined up. But I knew this day that I went over there, I was like, I had in my mind, I prayed, I said, God, you always provide. I know you're going to give me this job. I said, I'm going to represent you when I walk in there. I'm not going to have to say a word. Then they got in a conversation. Then a, then a buddy of mine who's a boyfriend of their niece, they showed up at this house, and we get to talking, and his son got saved that day. So we're here glorifying God in front of all these Buddhists and stuff, and they're just sitting back looking and watching. But the Holy Spirit didn't have me speak anything to them. I just kept speaking to my buddy, and we're talking and praising God that his son had given his life to Jesus Christ. He said, I thought he had already given his life to Christ. I said, but praise God, he trusted God today. I said, God's time is perfect. What you think doesn't matter. Only God knows our hearts, even our children. You don't know your son's heart. My son don't know my heart. You don't know my heart. I don't know your heart. Only God knows your heart, and God says that our heart is the most deceitful and wicked thing. And Jeremiah tells us our heart is the most wicked thing. But when we put our trust in Christ, he renews our heart. He pours his love into us so we can pour it out into others. But we're called to proclaim that good news. We're called in... in, in, in Turn to Revelation chapter 7, and I'm going to end with this.
because this is beautiful. This is why we need to proclaim the good news. That's what preach means, is, is, is proclaim. And I was checking it out the other day. It, there's over 190 verses in the Bible talking about preaching. And that doesn't include the ones that refer to it as teaching. So we're to preach and we're to teach. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 17, the Bible says, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds of people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hand, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne, and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell down before the throne on their faces, and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessings, and glory, and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answering, saying unto me, what are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence, they, whence came they? Or where did they come from? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall never hunger, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. If that's waiting for us, in, 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 in Revelations 21, I'm going to turn there real quick, y'all can if you like. Revelation 21. Verse 2 through, no, I'm going to just read 4 through 7. It says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And how do we overcome? By our faith in Jesus Christ and, and, and trusting him, trusting him. But we can't forget in verse 8 it says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. That's why 
That's why we need to share the good news of the gospel. Because of what, not only because of what's awaiting us and, and could be awaiting them in glory, but that there's also a lake of fire waiting for the unbelievers and the liars and, and the people who aren't trusting God. We have to let them know if you trust God, He's got you. But if, if, if you don't, you'll be cast away in the outer darkness. You, you're going to be totally out of the presence of God and cast into the lake of fire. You're going to be in agony for eternity. Either eternal bliss or agony. And all the way through the Bible, it gives us a choice. Life or death. Blessings or curses. And, and, but the easiest way is something I've, I've figured out through prayer and, and through my walk and talking is especially with family members, friends, people we work with, we gotta pray. We gotta pray for the salvation of the lost, of the, the sick, the hurting, the dying people in this dark world who don't have that relationship. We gotta pray for their salvation. That God would touch their heart, change their heart, and then we gotta have a have a testimony. Because God will put us in front of people that can relate to us. Us and, and, and it's like like three D's: discovery, decision, and, and the difference. You, you let them know, and you don't give them your whole testimony. You do something like two minutes. It's like me, man. I was messed up. I realized. I discovered. That's the discovery. And I'm messed up. I said, and then over a period of two and a half years, I realized I need to tighten up. Need to tighten up. I realized that I couldn't tighten up, and I fell on my knees and I begged Jesus to deliver me, and He delivered me. And and you wouldn't believe the difference in my life. Now, where my life was turmoil, chaos, now I have peace and calmness because I've invited Jesus to lead the way. And you know, it, it's that simple. But they can't refute. They can refute and argue and. And, and go back and forth with the Word of God. Like Rasan was talking about how, you know, apologetics, we shouldn't be arguing. The Word tells us we shouldn't argue and we shouldn't entertain vain babbling. You know, we should just stay away from vain babbling from people because if they're going to want to argue about it, they're not ready to receive. The Holy Spirit has not prepared that person. The Holy Spirit draws people to Christ so they can come back into that right relationship. We can't get caught up in our feelings and our pride because we're rebellious by nature. We have to trust God when to speak and when not to speak. Give them this, Joan. Give them, just give them this and leave it there. We have to proclaim the truth. This is what I want, I hope y'all get. This, this is what I got through this, is that we just proclaim the truth let the Holy Spirit explain the truth. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I hope y'all got something out of that. But it, it's just, you know, we just speak the truth, you know. Because I, I could go in, in Revelations, I read a lot in Revelations, and, and, it, and it goes, you know, and the description of heaven is so beautiful. Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, the new heaven, new earth. 
God is going to dwell with us if we trust Him. But, but all we can do is, is speak the truth and walk in the truth because He is the